My name is Connor, and I'm a, I'm a painting. I'm a portrait painting of President William Howard Taft. You see him from the waist up, and he's wearing a double-breasted suit, sort of leaning back, looking off to the left, your left, but my right. I'm a good painting. Not a great painting. Uh, you know, I'll admit to that. And I think that's fitting. He was a good president from what I gather, you know, probably not an all-timer, maybe, but uh, you know, I wouldn't pick another president to be. So you're not, you're a painting of Taft, but we shouldn't, con- you're, you are not Taft. No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an image. It's, it's an illusion. It's an optical illusion. It's an easy mistake to make. I'm not him, but I look like him or I look like part of me looks like him, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of me looks like the wall behind him. I imagine, though, you did you did have the chance to meet him when, when you were being created. Uh, I only I only recall meeting him once. Uh, I was around him for a while, but my back was to him for for the the actual when the when the when I was being painted. I'm interested in that process because you know when I was born, I was born and I was a tiny version of myself and then I grew in size but like everything that I am now was there it was just smaller yeah my very first moments I was the the dimensions never changed I was always the same basic dimensions it was more a matter of of sort of filling out the textures and at first my first memory is feeling like I I was not sure what I was and I was aware um the tiniest little sort of like flecks of color texture. And I remember having a feeling of, oh, oh, I'm, I'm an image. But what am I? You know, I, I, um, Bill, the man who was uh, painting me, at first I remember thinking, am I, Am I, do I look like him? And then realizing, no, I didn't look like him. I look like someone else. And I remember when I was complete. Remember Taft came around. And I was so nervous. And I remember him looking at me and having a sense I, I sense that he, he was perhaps not disappointed, but I had a sense that he sort of thought to himself, is that what I look like? And that's exactly what I was thinking at the same time. I was thinking, is that what I look like? <laughs> We're both thinking the same thing, but for different reasons. Because he looks that way because that's how he is. But I look that way because that's how he is. It's a, we both look the same because it's how he looks. It's it's interesting because to, today you look, it, you know, it's 2019. Mm-hmm. You're in the National Portrait Gallery. Yeah. You still look today like Taft looked on that day. Yeah. I mean, that was the point of me to a certain extent. Yeah. I don't, and that's not something I take lightly. I know that I'm, I'm, I'm a memory. I'm, I'm. That's an ob- a sacred obligation. Is I'm here to represent someone who's gone. I mean, I know that. Half of these paintings here, if you ask them, they would happily switch places with, you know, obviously right now the Obama painting is very popular. Yeah. That's, you know, he's the new guy around. I haven't seen it. But what I've heard, people are very, uh, you know, 
I, and it's not, I don't get jealous about that, you know? Would you like to see the Obama portrait? I could bring it up here. I would, li- yeah, I would love to. Sure. Hold on one sec. Um, so there, there you go. You know what? I think I have seen this on a mug. He's also sitting. That's interesting. Just like uh, Taft. Interesting. They're both sitting. Yeah. But you see his legs, and and uh, on on me you don't see. Uh, you just see the upper body. It's interesting. You see the whole man there. I actually, th- you know, I actually think I, I like this. I'm not meaning to criticize this painting at all, but I actually I like being a partial. I like leaving a little bit to the imagination. I don't know if that's because I'm old fashioned, but I um, I like the fact that. When you see Taft sitting there, you know, I, I don't think you need to see the man's shoes, you know? Really, it could be anything happening down there. We don't know for sure that Taft was wearing pants. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't know for sure. Um, because, I, again, I only saw him after when he was uh, taking a look. Uh, and he was wearing pants then. We know actually very little about what's happening outside the frame of, of many paintings, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not impossible that Mona Lisa, it's not impossible that she's riding a tiny bike. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing that, that people don't understand, which is that they're the, I mean, a lot of this is open to interpretation, but paintings have secrets. There are, you know, uh, there is an objective reality that's just outside the frame of most paintings. Not all paintings, but most paintings. Um, have you ever seen uh, Cezanne, the you know, apples and pears, the still life? Sure, yeah. Uh, if you were to see the, the just outside the frame of that, there's a tremendous amount of bread, like an unreasonable amount of bread, to the point where if you, if you could see the bigger picture, there's so much bread that you would actually think, why would anyone is this a bakery what like it and in a way it's it's it raises too many questions to the point where i think the the beauty of that painting is here there are just some apples and pears and it you can just consider them as they are whereas i think if you see if you saw how much bread there was i, I think it would be upsetting to people i think people would just be uh uh almost tormented by the idea that anyone would make that much bread it looks like something's gone very wrong and it makes you question you know, everything about it. Like, it, it starts to the point where it actually breaks you. And I, so I think that's why, like, that painting is what it needs to be because if you were to see what was actually there in that room, you'd be horrified. And I think you wouldn't want to do anything. You'd just, it would, it would stop you in your tracks and your life would be over. Uh, so getting back to Obama, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm curious what it's like for you and the other paintings in the gallery. Yeah. Like, is it, is it competitive when some presidents, I guess, are getting more attention than others? I mean, I don't know. I, I I will admit it is a little frustrating when most of what you hear from people is, you know, where's the Obama? Where's the Obama? You know, but but I wouldn't say it's competitive. Uh, I would just get tired of hearing that, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's art. It's not a competition. You know, it's not like when uh, painting was in the Summer Olympics. When painting was in the Summer Olympics. Yeah, painting uh, was a sport in the Summer Olympics. Uh, you could win a gold medal for painting, and that they also had literature, sculpture, architecture, town planning. So there was like swimming, the marathon, and 
town planning. Town planning. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that would be great. Like, do do you know why they stopped doing it? I mean, I I rarely know why people do anything. Hello, is this Richard? This is Ian calling. Oh, hello. How are you today? I'm I'm good. I wanted to ask you about the Olympic art competitions. I just heard about them, and I, I looked around. There's very little about them out there. You researched this. How did you how did you go about it? So once upon a time I was reading an Olympic history and it, there was a casual three word inclusion about a comment about some Olympic art competitions. So naturally I take off to the local libraries, the university libraries and and I run into absolutely nothing. So I asked the researchers from all of these libraries if they could find anything. Lo and behold, they couldn't either. I inquired in other languages to other libraries and other countries all over the world. They all came back with, there is nothing. You know, one question leads to another question. All of a sudden, I find myself confronted with something that's written in Greek. I don't happen to speak Greek, so I have to stop and learn Greek. But, you know, as an example, it'll be dumb little things like that. You can spend a lifetime all of a sudden. Wait, you learned Greek to just just to do this research? Sure. And out of the language is Polish, you know, just, you know. <laughs> Sorry, you, you learned Greek and Polish just to get to the bottom of this? Yeah. Why not? So I uh, spent 10, 15 years spending the money and taking the time to try to put it together. So they they stopped doing the competitions after the, the 1948 Summer Olympics. My, my understanding from your research is that this was uh, mostly because the, um, the Olympics were supposed to be for amateurs and artists are, were mostly professionals. Do, do I have that about right? Well... At the time that they were terminated, the president of the International Olympic Committee was a very strong amateur supporter, and he was infuriated by the incursion of professionals entering the games. Now, he, as an interesting aside, that president had also competed as a competitor himself in the literature competitions two times in their history. One time he received an honorable mention. The last time he didn't get any acknowledgement at all. Wait, so the, the, nope. the person responsible for putting an end to the Olympic art competitions was a man who had a, attempted twice to win a medal a, and failed. That is correct. <laughs> you know, it was a, 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 Avery Brundage. Yeah, is it a consideration? Sure it is. Draw your own conclusion. Have a good time. I would love to compete in the Olympics. I just, I think, I sometimes fantasize about what it would be like to be, you know, I've won the gold medal and, you know, I'm up there on the, the Olympics, the, on the medal stand, yeah. uh, and they, they put the, they hang the medal around my, my frame and Star Spangled Banner is playing and... I just picture I'm I'm standing there and everyone in the crowd the crowd is all other paintings and everyone is standing or, or or on stands perhaps 
and they're all so proud of me. Everybody's there in the crowd. You, know, you got Mona Lisa's there, and the melted clocks, the dolly is there. It's all the different, the scream, you know, but you know, like screaming in support, like excited, like excited for me, like both hands on the face and just like so thrilled that I've won the medal. I know it. I know it can't happen. You know, I'm a realist. Uh, I, I'm a realistic painting. You know, uh, but it, it's hard not to think about that. Connor, I, I want to ask. Sometimes when I'm at a museum or a gallery, I I think, what would happen if I touched one of the paintings has anyone ever touched you oh gosh yeah uh it was a child and someone was i assume it was the father was holding like a a toddler and he wasn't paying attention and he sort of swiveled he sort of pivoted so the the adult's attention was not on me but the child was firmly focused on me and i see this little hand just coming just right towards me and it was just, you know, this is the nightmare scenario because yeah. the hand is like covered in just oils, just the natural oils. And I, I felt it like it was just a split second, but I mean, it damaged me. Like I, I still feel it. And you know what the weirdest part was? The kid looked right in Taft's face and called him mommy. That is weird. Thinking about you being damaged, I guess we do kind of think about you as something that will be around forever. Yeah, you can't. I I won't be there forever. You know, I mean, I've I've already had a little bit of work done. Yeah, yeah, just very minor touch-ups here and there to kind of make sure you know you accrue a little bit of damage over the course of a century. Yeah, everything deteriorates. You know, Uh, I I very much have the illusion of permanence that's that's part of my job you know it's yeah i I, i'm a comfort to people the idea that uh you know when a person is gone that their memory lives on but uh you know even that has its limits connor i'm curious what it's like to live in the National Portrait Gallery. There's just, there's thousands of, of people who pass through there every day. You must just see so much of the oh, human yeah. experience. You see people at their best, you see people at their worst. I see a lot of fights. I see a lot of people who are, you know, they've had a fight and they're clearly not talking to each other. I, once I saw a, a marriage proposal. I think that it was actually a couple and his last name was Taft. And I don't know if he was related or if it was just a coincidence. Right. But he had brought her to this place and he was sort of asking her, like, what do you think about this name? Do you like this name? He was he like picked this as a momentous place, as like a place of significance or something. And then he got down on one knee and then everyone's paying attention. And it is a strange thing when you have everyone's attention was focused in my direction, but not at me. You know? Yeah. And, if, and so I was sort of the spectator. And I thought, oh, this is what it's like to have your eye drawn to something. They were the painting I was looking at, you know? Did, so 
What what happened? Did she say yes? Uh, she did. She said yes. Um, although I have to say, I don't. I got the sense she was saying yes because she felt all eyes were on her. I wouldn't bet money that they actually got married because there was just enough hesitation that I thought, oh boy, this is not necessarily a guarantee because I think she felt the pressure. I think he'd pick this public place and there were friends who like jumped out from around the corner. There were like friends and family. Oh. He'd, and I just, I remember thinking like, I know what that's like. I know what that's like to feel like everyone's looking at you and expecting something from you. I'm built for it. But I can tell when someone else doesn't like it. Yeah. And honestly, like the 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 what I the way I would describe her face was she would, she looked like a bad painting. Like she looked like a bad painting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was in a I was in a gallery the other night and there were so many people it was it was actually hard to see the the paintings like right. there were there were crowds and, and like lines to see mm-hmm. e- each piece yeah i you know i i'm happy that there are paintings that get that kind of a pop you know i i've never really had that uh, even when i was new i was not i was not ever the kind of painting that uh, a crowd would form around um there's a story about, uh, you know, the Mona Lisa? Yeah. There was a, there was a point at which uh, Mona was stolen from the Louvre. And uh, I think it was like 1911. I was a baby. And when she was not, when she was stolen from the museum, there were still lines of people stretching out of the museum just to stare at the space on the wall where she had been hanging. I mean, think about that. Like, people were lining up. They wanted to see the absence of her more than they wanted to look at paintings that were still there on the wall. Uh, I think that's insane, you know? And I'm saying this as someone who, you know, I mean, I've I've seen pictures of Mona. I've seen her on T-shirts. I've seen her on canvas bags. And, you know, I mean, she's captivating and I get it I don't I wouldn't I understand the appeal you know I would love to I would love to meet Mona Um, I I know she's uh, she's a little older than me she's 400 years older than me but I don't I don't mind that at all that's not something that I mean that's just a number I mean I've actually thought what it would be like if we were both in storage and we were improperly stored. We got wrapped where we were facing one another and we're wrapped in brown paper, bubble wrap, and you know, we were damaging each other, but at the same time there was like a, this is, I can't believe I'm telling you this, the paint was rubbing off. Like parts of Mona Lisa were, were getting on Taft and parts of Taft were, you know, I mean, you hang on a wall all day, your mind goes places. I'm not going to apologize for it. We, we talked at the beginning about you being created, you know, like the, the first, first moments. There was also a moment when you were finished, you know? Yeah. There was like, a stroke before you were done, and yeah. then a stroke when you were done. Oh yeah, and you feel it. I mean, you know that. That's one thing you know when you're done. Like, 
I have never had a sense. You know, there's the there's the portrait of Washington. Yeah. That is not finished. Right. And that is no way to live. That's I'm not meaning I'm not meaning to badmouth that painting in any way. I think he's great. But he's not finished. The image just yeah. fades into nothing. And it's just I that is, that would be a living hell to me. And that's just that's just my point of view, but like I'm done. And it's a very it's a very satisfying feeling because that's just one area of anxiety that you can just put to rest. You know, you're done. And now you are what you are. I mean, can I ask you um at what point did you feel that you were finished? I humans don't I don't I don't know if I am finished. So you don't feel like you've reached a point you you never feel like you've reached a point where you're done and you are who you are. I just feel like it it always changes. I certainly feel more secure in who I am than I was, I don't know, 5 years ago, 10 years ago, but I don't know that I feel finished. I don't think it's Do you feel like you're constantly being painted over? Ah uh, but on the one hand, that sounds incredibly frustrating uh, yeah. to not be finished. But on the other hand, there is some comfort in knowing that if you're not finished, uh, that means you're not deteriorating. You know, because as soon as you're as soon as you're complete, you're deteriorating. And it's a slow process, it's gradual, you don't always feel it happening, but it is happening. And it's impossible not to be aware of it happening. I mean, this is maybe a strange thing to mention, but, you know, people look at me and they remember Taft because someone painted Taft so that we would remember him. But I know that no one is going to ever do a painting of me. To remember you. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see a lot of paintings of paintings. Yeah. I could, what if I drew a a picture of you. I made a, a portrait of you. And you can whatever you want. Sure. Yeah, I would love to see you try. I, I have a feeling it will look like a picture of Taft because I know that's what I look like. Well, so just start. Yeah. I mean, that's a good start. I'm a little bit taller than I am wide. And the first thing, of course, you start with Taft's face. That's the first thing you, that you draw. I did. That's a drawing of Taft. That would be like if I was drawing a picture of you and I started with your elbow. Well, you know, what else should I include if this is to be a portrait of who you are? It may be impossible, you know. I'm disguised as someone else. And that's by design. You know how a, a Secret Service agent you know, is supposed to jump in front of the president and take a bullet for the president? Yeah. They sublimate their own life. You know, they, they, they put their own life beneath that of the president that they've sworn to protect. They're there to serve. Uh, it's, uh, I think, a similar thing with me. I'm like the last Secret Service agent for President Taft and, and the bullet that I've taken is that I am never truly seen 
And that's fine. That's the job. That's not something I feel sad about. But I do sometimes. This is Everything is Alive. The show is produced by Jennifer Mills and me, Ian Chillog, with Eva Walchover and Isabella Kulkarni. Special thanks to Emily Spivak. This episode was edited by Hilary Frank. She is the author of Weird Parenting Wins and the creator of the podcast The Longest Shortest Time. A big thanks to Richard Stanton for telling us about the Olympic art competitions. He wrote a book, which again, he learned Greek and Polish just to research. It's called The Forgotten Olympic Art Competitions. We're also grateful to the reporting of Sheena McKenzie, from whom we learned about the line to see the space where the Mona Lisa had been. Connor, the painting, was played by Connor Ratliff. The painting of Taft in the National Portrait Gallery was painted by William Valentine Shevel. Everything is Alive is a very proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, and without Julie Shapiro, executive producer, we would be but a blank canvas. You can find us on Twitter at Ian Chillog, and you can get in touch with us any number of ways at everythingisalive.com. We'll see you soon.